Hi, this is Amita Switlow calling from QSO West, and I'm on Skype talking to Rick Kwiatkowski. Uh, Rick, where did you... Uh, welcome, by the way. Thanks. Um, this is International Development Week, so we're honoring our volunteers that served with us uh, since 1961. Rick, when did you serve with us? Um, from August 1981 to August 1983. And where did you go? I was in a small town called Nasarawa in what was then Plateau State in Nigeria. Nigeria. And Rick, what did, you were studying with me at University of Victoria. We found figured that out. Um, what did you? That's correct. <laughs> what did you complete your degree in? Um, uh, biology, marine biology. Oh, just like me. And, and then Rick, mm -hmm. what did you do in, uh, in Nigeria? What, what did you, were you a teacher? I think you were, right? I was a teacher. I, uh, taught high school biology and, uh, health science in kind of the, uh, old oh, call it grade 10, 11, 12 level. So tell me a bit about what that might have been like for uh, a guy from Victoria. Were you just a, a student in Victoria or were you from somewhere else in BC? Oh, I was from somewhere else in BC, but I uh, spent uh, four years or so in Victoria. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm not a city boy, so that was uh, one plus for things because uh, the uh, big city amenities weren't exactly uh, forthcoming in many parts of Nigeria, um, but I was in a small town, um, small by Nigerian standards, large-ish by uh, Canadian standards. There were, I guess, the town population was somewhere about 15 to 20,000 people, but it was a small town, and it had uh, two schools. One was a high school, as we would know it, and the other was called a uh, junior teacher's college, which was a high school, but uh, the people who were going there would come out and be elementary school teachers, but I taught at the uh, regular high school. And, and teaching biology in an area where you don't know the flora and fauna, uh, what was that like? You get to learn it fairly quickly. Um, I scouted and found a few good uh, books on uh, local uh, flora and fauna, as you say, but um, for the most part, the uh, curriculum was quite similar, you might say, to uh, Canadian high school biology. It was general biology, so um, um, the local stuff you could use as, as examples, but... Um, it wasn't that you had to actually know uh, know it in in any great detail, um, but you get you get to learn quite quickly. And uh, I had some uh, good experience with local uh, fauna there through my students. <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> um, well, one was uh, one morning. Um, um, I was in my first uh, class of the day. Our uh, classes began at seven o'clock in the morning. And there were a group of students who were normally in class. And they were missing. I was uh, a little upset with this, that these uh, four boys, or however many there were, were uh, missing from the first class. And uh, 
they were normally there. Uh, about halfway into the class, they suddenly showed up at the door. And uh, you know, stood at the door and they said, excuse, sir. And I turned, you know, fairly angrily, what, you're late. Oh, we have brought you a snake. Oh, oh. and I look and uh, yeah, they have this uh, dead uh, six foot cobra in a little uh, mesh bag that they knew I wanted to collect specimens. So they uh, had been bathing down at the uh, river about half a kilometer outside of the school grounds and had run into a cobra and had smashed it to bits or at least its head and brought it to me. <laughs> so uh, that was rather interesting and I took it out of the bag and the entire class erupted and ran to the back of the classroom as I held up this six-foot-long dead cobra. And, of course, I walked a few steps toward them, and they all kind of screamed and cowered in the back corners. And then uh, most of them anyway, and some of them uh, didn't, but uh, they were very much frightened by it. So that's one little story about local fauna in my classroom. <laughs> Was it a dry climate, or um, what's it like um, in well, the yeah, in that part of Nigeria, this was in the um, the Benue River Basin, the Benue being the second largest river in Nigeria, the uh, Niger or Niger River being the largest one, and the Benue is its largest tributary. Um, depending on the season, it was very much a uh, wet and dry season, and um, a woodland um, um, biogeochromatic zone, shall we say, um, so the wet season would start somewhere about June and end about November, and then it would get drier and drier until it was extremely dry through March, April, and, and you might get a little bit of rain by the time May came around until it really started to rain again in June. So um, the local river close to the school would be almost dry. Actually, there are two rivers that uh, join there. It was a confluence of two rivers at the town I was at, and uh, they would be pretty much dry by the time the wet season started again the next uh, year. Rick, that, um, so different climate, did you go with any other CUSO volunteers at the time? At the time, uh, there were about 80 or so uh, people who landed with me in Kano, uh, so that was August of 1981. It was a uh, quite a large contingent, and I believe the next year was even larger in 82, and after that they started to kind of tail off a bit. But um, yes, we had quite a large contingent. Do you, remember, and, um, do you remember any names of any of them? Uh, the ones I landed with? Yeah, the ones sure. that, that you uh, got to know. Well, one that I got to know, uh, a girl named Stella who lives in Halifax right now. She and I are still corresponding via Skype. And um, uh, we did a couple of travel treks together over the uh, holiday breaks. Um, another uh, couple that I remember, Steve and Maureen Gato from somewhere in Ontario, uh, who learned how to drive a, uh, a car in Nigeria. Neither of them had a driver's license before they went there. Um, there was a fellow, um, Ed Montague from uh, Richmond, who was uh, there with me. Uh, another fellow, Kim Mock from Regina. Um, I could go on and on. I've got. Uh, uh, you've kept in yeah, touch with I, them? I, I, I'm not in touch with anyone except uh, Stella in Halifax. Yeah, that's. Um, 
There's was one or two other ones that I uh, was in touch briefly with, but I've uh, haven't ma I haven't maintained the, uh, the contact with uh, people now. Well, I hope that as uh, we come towards the 50th and our 50th website, which will be www.qsovso50th.org, is up, you and other volunteers can connect with each other. Rick, when you um, came back to Canada, how did uh, that experience change your life? Oh. Uh, one thing it did was made me very much appreciate what we have here in Canada. Uh, the biggest thing being uh, loads and loads of uh, clean water. Um, one thing that I found extremely hard to do when I first came home was to turn on the kitchen tap and let the water run down the sink because it wasn't cold enough or wasn't hot enough. Uh, that's just something you absolutely did not do. Water was extremely precious, and in the dry season especially, you conserved every drop. Um, I would take a uh, bucket bath in the morning of within about four liters of water and would save the water to flush my toilet once a day. Um, water was a precious commodity, as it is in most areas of the world. We in Canada are extremely lucky to have all the water that we want and more, and we waste it. And um, it took me... I would say better part of six months or more till I could get used to the idea that I didn't have to worry about my uh, water supply running out on me for the day. Well, don't we learn that water is precious even in Canada, that we indeed oh, yes. conserve it and treat it with respect. Yeah. That's one biologist talking to another. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And Rick, did you continue as a teacher? Um, I did for a while. I got um, some positions with, uh, well, I first of all started uh, uh, tutoring high school kids after school. Did that for oh, a year or more, and then I got a uh, job at a private high school for um, a one year, um, and then I got a job at another private high school, and I was there for about six years. And so I did yeah, more teaching for uh, quite some time after I came back home. Did you yep. teach biology? Um, or all kinds of things? I, I did initially, but I was also getting into uh, uh, microcomputers. And uh, so most of my uh, latter years while I was still teaching was um, teaching grade 11, grade 12, uh, computer studies, computer science, uh, as it was about um, 15 or more years ago. Um, it's changed a lot since then, but... Uh, that's what I um, that's what I was teaching before I, uh, when I was uh, the last years I was I was actually teaching yeah. So now you live in Sorrento, British Columbia. Is that mm -hmm. it? That's correct. And what's Sorrento like? The small town. It's a little tiny spit in. Well, I wouldn't even call it a town. Blink and you'll miss it. Okay. Um, it's a, a little community uh, on Shuswap Lake. Um, about one hour east of Kamloops, one half hour west of Salmon Arm. And it's a wonderful place. Ah, and you have a family there? Well, just my wife and I right now. Both oh. our uh, kids have uh, grown and flown the coop, and they both live down in Burnaby, um, <laughs> going to school or finished school for my oldest and my daughter. 
Oh, great. An empty nester like me. So, Rick, if, Absolutely. You, Rick, if you were to look back at your experience with QSO and with uh, your work in Nigeria, tell me some thoughts or story or something that comes to mind that I know that, uh, that it had an impression on your life. So, is there anything you'd like to share with us? Um, yeah, well, you, what, what do I say? Uh, an impression on my life. Or just um, I don't know. It was, yeah. Um, one, one thing about it is that um, the, the memories of being there for two years uh, are always very much uh, in the forethought of my mind. It's a, um, it's, it's a point of reference that I've uh, continued to have for the, whatever it is, 27 or more years now that I've been back. And um, um, I'll never forget it. Uh, my kids will never forget it. They grew up knowing all about Nigeria. So, uh, but uh, one, one thing about uh, being there and just teaching, one thing I, I really realized was that uh, kids are kids no matter where they are. Um, the the uh, actions of adolescence, which is what I was teaching her, they're exactly the same in Canada as they were in Nigeria, and uh, there's really, really no difference. There's a little cultural uh, patina that's pasted over top of it. Other than that, they uh, they act and do the same kind of silly things. So that, that's that's one uh, interesting memory I have. But uh, what did it do? In, uh, what did it do in my life here? I don't know. Just as I said earlier, made me really appreciate what we have in Canada. Great. What did you bring back with you? Did you bring it back uh, some uh, carvings or cloth or? Um, I did a little bit. Um, I've uh, actually my one carving that I really love. I actually got in Kenya. I was in Kenya during the uh, summer uh, school break, and I got a very unique carving in, in Kenya. So that's my one uh, very prideful possession. I didn't. Uh, I didn't bring back a great deal of other. Artifacts. Um, I do have some. Um, actually, what I do have is a large uh, piece of uh, tie-dyed uh, cloth from northern Nigeria. It was given to me as a uh, wedding gift by my uh, friend Stella in Halifax, actually. So, um, yeah, I brought back a number of. Yeah, I brought back a number of gifts that I gave away, and those have all disappeared over the years. So I have no idea what. Most of those have gone. Um, let's see. Oh, I know. I, I actually brought back a, a piece of ivory. I have no idea if it was legal ivory or not. I wasn't asking. And uh, that was, uh, well, I won't go into that story now, but that was quite the tale of how I, uh, how I acquired that. And I gave it to my sister for a, it was a little round uh, bangle for her wrist that, that barely fit her way to squeeze it on. But... Uh, well, that's a, that's a tale for, the, for another time. That was uh, quite the story, uh, how, how that one uh, managed to get into my possession. Well, you'll be happy to know that when that website is up, some of the stories that you sent me earlier this year will be uh, uploaded in the archives part of the website. I encourage you and all our return volunteers to join us for the 50th and join that website and reconnect with those people in the past and Rick, I, on behalf of QSO VSO, I want to thank you very much 
for your service in Nigeria and it was wonderful to reconnect with you from our UVic days. Well, thank you, Amita, and uh, hope to uh, join people there on that website, yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay.